Savannah. It's your girl, Cherie Darian, with another episode of Courageous Conversations with Cherie. I hope you are fantastic this day, this lovely, thankful Thursday. I want to remind you that the viewpoints expressed in the following program are not necessarily those of WRUU, its license holder, or its staff. And you're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. Yeah, I like that. I love that. Hello, I like Savannah. That. <laughs> yes, so we have a returning guest. I'm so excited. And for all of my previous guests, um, this is an open invitation. We're family. You're welcome anytime to come back and speak to me and Savannah and the world. So if you have something great coming on, it's a little plug for you. Don't be shy. Come back. Keep talking to us. Let's talk about it. Let's have another courageous conversation. With that being said, I'm going to say to you, Ty, I'm going to affectionately call you Ty today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for even reaching out and saying, yeah, Sharid, sign me up, girl. I'll come back on. I have something amazing going on right now. So since you're a family, I'm going to let you reintroduce yourself to Savannah and the world. But also our topic today, what are we talking about? What's the yummy, gooey goodness that you're going to share with us today, Ty? Girl, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to your viewers, your listeners. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about my newest release, which is called A Journal for the Infertile Woman, Wombs Coming Alive Through the Word of God. Um, for those who tuned in last time, I just called myself, you know, uh, Prayer warrior, yes, um, but preferably, you know, more a prayer general, um, as well as just a fire initiator and a chief mobilizer of the Lord's army. And I'm super excited about just this opportunity to really just dive in here today and talk a little bit about the connection of um, just the word of God and prayer and pregnancy. Woo, the word of God, prayer mm -hmm. and pregnancy. Now, are we talking about pregnancy as it is in the natural, or are we talking about spiritual, or are we talking about both? Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty much talking about pregnancy in the natural, um, okay. but we're going to deal with a lot of spiritual things to try to help people who are dealing with infertility who have suffered repeatedly with miscarriages. Oh, fabulous. That is an excellent segue, Ty, because uh, about two weeks ago, my daughter was on, uh, my uh, oldest daughter, Shanice uh, Darian, who happens to be a twin. I'm learning to not describe her as a twin because she's an individual. <laughs> she corrected us. She very, she clarified that very well on the last show. But she too ha has had not just one miscarriage, but two. And uh, But now, thankfully, is expecting a beautiful baby girl. And the, the baby is actually due on her birthday. Like, it couldn't get any better than what? that. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, they call those babies rainbow babies, right? This is our yes. miracle baby, IV, And uh, we're so delighted, so excited. Uh, she's been home, obviously, in this COVID space. Mm -hmm. So basically her entire pregnancy. So she, it couldn't get, get any better. It, the only thing I think would be better for her is not to have any labor pains. Right? Yes. <laughs> that has occasionally happened. And, and with that being said, Shanice is actually here with us. She may jump in the conversation. So it's us three girls today. Shanice, tell Savannah hello. Hi, Savannah. <laughs> it's about to be awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. So again, Ty, please tell us the title of this book. It's a journal about infertility. But yes. I want you to tell me, why did you write a book on infertility in the first place? Tell us the, well, the title again, yeah. and then tell yeah, us the why. So the title again is Journal, Journal for the Infertile Woman, Wounds Coming Alive Through the Word of God. That's the title. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the whole reason for write, writing the book, well, it's sort of twofold. Um, of course, typically, if I'm going to write a book, I've been led by the Holy Spirit to write the book first and foremost. Got it. Um, but this was never really on my radar at all. I, you know, for me, I typically write more books regarding to, of course, you know, like prayer, the word of God, um, or working with kids on the autism spectrum, you know. So I typically deal with those types of areas. But um, 
I was just minding my own business one day at my parents' house having a conversation. And immediately I went into prayer and I felt the fire of God hit my heart. And I heard him say, I need you to write a book for women who are struggling with infertility. And then the fire of God hit my hand. He said, write the book now. So literally, there was a healing anointing that he released for me where I sensed that there was the hearts of women who have been struggling with miscarriages, struggling with infertility. There was a healing that he was going to begin to release to their hearts. And then he graced me by putting the anointing on my hand to write the book. Wow. Um, but I myself, you know, uh, it took us at least 14 months of trying, trying to have a child. For you and personally. Yeah, yeah. And then after we finally, after 14 months, we finally got pregnant and we lost a child within eight weeks. So I, I know what it's like to be on the path, on that journey, trying to have a baby. It takes a while for you to get there. That whole emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you finally think you've arrived and you go to an appointment at the OBGYN and no heartbeat is detected. Mm-hmm. You know that moment. Your whole world crashes. So like, man, we thought we finally got over this. We finally got pregnant and we lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know that so well. Not me personally, but certainly witnessing my child, which feels like me. Yes. Especially when you have other daughters who have already birth. So how do you even explain this situation, that moment that you, oh, that moment. We'll never forget two moments because there were two obviously different cases, but each one of those moments is just, and you know, in the moment you, yeah. like, you know, like you're hopeful. We certainly were prayerful, but at the end of the day, there was a knowing like, Oh my God, this is bad. Like, this is really bad. So I didn't know that that was a part of your story, but I do want, want you to, t- you touched on something we can come back to this later, but I love, uh, and, and someone may be listening and wondering to us, what is that like? You talked about, the fire of God that hit your heart when you was with your parents and then also your hand. So first of all, you sense that the hearts of women who have uh, miscarried before, that was an area of healing that was needed. But -hmm. you also felt like you needed to do something, which was write this book, this journal. Um, And then, but I love the practical part of this as well. You can definitely relate because you had your own experience yourself. Right. Wow. Wow. That's just like our conversation a couple of weeks ago, Shanice, when we were just talking about your experience. Um, I want to say there is good news because Sabria is, is alive and well. You're, yes, you have yes, a little yes, girl yes. who is five years old. Yes, but that was is. not the end of the story. You're not just, you know, trying to hype some people up. You walk the walk, you talk the talk, but you have the proof. You have the blessing. You have the victory in this thing. You have a little girl. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> He's faithful. <laughs> He's faithful. Tell us about, well, I don't want to skip. I, we were just talking about why you wrote it. I mean, you're the epitome of it is possible. The absolute it possible. epitome of it's possible. What let's, let's unpack. We're going to celebrate it a little bit, but let's unpack the possible reasons for infertility that um, should be ruled out. Yes. All right. So um, a lot of people ask me, you know, is it a book? Is it a journal? What is it? And my answer is it's both Mm -hmm. Um, because there's so much research that has been put inside this book specifically that deals with some of the possible reasons that people are struggling with infertility, um, as well as a lot of the nutrients that people actually are missing out on their diet to just some of the research in regards to the very things that we're eating that triggers a lot of the miscarriages, the repeated miscarriages. And so um, I'm just going to just read from the list here, possible causes of infertility that you want to rule out first. And some of, their, some of those are thyroid conditions. I mean, when you start dealing with the endocrine system, that is one of the main hormones. You know, um, the thyroid itself plays a major role in regards to pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so you want to make sure that if you're having issues concerning your thyroid, you want to rule that out first. Um, to GI issues, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, we say a lot that the gut itself is like our second immune system. I mean, it is loaded with trillions 
of um, microorganisms that are at work within there. And so this literally is like a second immune system for us. So a lot of times if people are dealing with like, um, like the bloating, the constipation, um, acid reflux, any types of those issues concerning the gut, typically that may be another thing that may be hindering um, your ability to be able to get pregnant. Um, PCOS, another one, polycystic ov ovary syndrome, um, ovarian syndrome. And so with that, you know, that's typically dealing with the ovaries being enlarged and there are some cysts that are actually centered around those ovaries as well, you know, and um, once again, that affects just the hormones in general. Mm -hmm. um, the quality of your eggs or ovulation to women who um, they don't have frequent and um, cycles on a regular basis mm -hmm. um, to people who have fibroids, possible autoimmune disorder as well. It's another thing you want to rule out. Um, endometriosis, as well right. as just any type of infections in general. So those are the typical things that you want to start off with. Are any of these, are you struggling with any of these issues first? Because if so, that means that we need to start with those issues to try to get them under control first. So Ty, if... For instance, let's let's we're gonna let Shanice be our source today. Mm -hmm. If she none of those were on her radar, mm -hmm. none of those were underlying conditions. In fact, after the loss of the second baby, they actually uh, what do you call it? I keep forgetting. Did a biopsy, if you will, on on the fetus mm -hmm. and discovered that there was nothing. There were no problems. You know, they always look at. Um, chromosomes, et cetera, to see if there was anything off and they couldn't pinpoint anything. Obviously something occurred where she uh, lost the baby. But so that's one thing. What do you say to those that are listening that everything seemingly was fine? Um, then the next thing you want to look at is what are we eating and um, what's its role in regards to just your fertility in general? Um, because there's a lot of research that talks about people who drink so many ounces of sodas per day and the role that it plays to um, sugar, the major impact that sugar has in general in the body from yeast issues um, to it is a major disruptor to your hormones. Your, your, it's a hormone disruptor. That's what it is. Mm. Um, yeah, um, to looking at the fried foods, to a lot of the white foods that we eat as well, they all play a major role when it comes down to fertility, ovulation, and stuff of that nature. So um, that may be another issue that you and want to as well. Right. I think sometimes at the end of the day, I just didn't know what it was. At, at right. the end of the day, it, it happened. We accepted it. She moved on. And thankfully, by the grace of God, she conceived again. Um, but it's so funny we're talking about foods because they are adamant about not eating cold cuts. Like, did you hear that? Because I know there's a ton of myths out there too, right? So what is, what is your take on cold cuts? What is something else, Janice, that you guys talk about not having? Um, cold cuts is the biggest is the biggest thing. But other than cold cuts, just, I think I eat pretty much everything else. Yeah. <laughs> just not sandwiches, which I've been craving the whole pregnancy, but I've refused to eat <laughs> hot or not. <laughs> Or not. Nope. <laughs> so cold cuts is the thing she's saying she's she's not doing whether it's good or not. Right. And you know, um, I, I don't have too much research in in regards at all with cold cuts, but I will tell you that I remember doing uh, a pregnancy and I got a list from the doctor certain foods that we were supposed to avoid. It was a whole bunch of foods, and one of them was yeah, the the sandwich meats and stuff because they have the nitrates in it. Oh. And that was one of the things that she wanted to avoid. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I remember, I was like, oh, my God, I want to sub so bad, okay? <laughs> like, okay, I shouldn't eat these. I shouldn't eat hot dogs. I shouldn't eat that. I'm like, oh, my God, it was like a whole list of stuff. <laughs> she had a hot dog yesterday, y'all boys. I just want to share that. A horrible one. one. <laughs> oh, my God, it was horrible, too. But I was like, okay, I'm not eating that trash. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny, though. It's so funny. Well, listen, you. Um, I love the next the next question that I'm going to ask you because on our last uh, interview with Shanice, we were talking about when she did look through what was happening. If she had to pinpoint one thing, she said it was a relationship that she was in. Mm -hmm. 
And so my next question for you, I think you appreciate Shanice, is, is there a link between the heart of an individual and pregnancy? <laughs> That's how juicy, lady. <laughs> Look at here. <laughs> That's the tea, right? That's the tea right there, girl. Come on, John. <laughs> hey, I'm all about some tea and Jesus, right? Okay, let's talk. <laughs> let's go, girl. Let's go. Oh so at the very beginning of this journal, there are a lot of pages where we start off with why the heart matters. You know, and so um, the very familiar passions, which comes from Proverbs 4 and 23, and I'm reading from the ERV version. Um, the easy to read version, keep your heart with all diligence for from it flows the springs of life. Yeah. And so I just want to start right there because when we start talking about just the heart of an individual, of course, I mean, we can look at the stress and bad relationships that is centered around just the physical heart, you know, um, but this, this, this word right here, this scripture is not really dealing with the physical heart, but um, I'm sure it does play a major role in regards to just our everyday life, our activities as well, depending on those types of relationships that we're in. And so um, according to this passage here, we're dealing with more like the soul, the will, those emotions and whatnot that are stemming from the heart of man. Yeah. And so the Bible tells us that it is our responsibility now to close the gate, to guard it, to guard our heart. Yeah. Be careful what we allow to enter into our heart. And so I deal a lot in this book concerning like jealousy to bitterness to envy and hatred and all types of issues. Because if we think about it, really, when we look at the Bible, there are several women who struggle with barrenness in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But right. I don't think um, we understand the revelation behind this. Well, I, I also deal with moving from just dealing with the heart to also understanding that God is all about timing. Everything about God is timing. Mm -hmm. And so when we start dealing with this heart, it says the reason we have to guard is because everything out of our life flows from it. And so now if that's true, that must mean that the healing that I have need of in order to, um, allow me to be able to get pregnant if I'm struggling with barrenness it's it's stemming from my heart well the condition all right so I, I so we need we need to deal with that we need to deal with that because if every aspect of our life is directly core there's a direct correlation between my heart and my life I, I I can't I cannot look and just address what everything else that's going on around me and not start at the level of the heart wow a direct correlation between our heart and our life. Yeah. And so what I say is just like the physical heart is responsible for pumping blood throughout the body, supplying oxygen and nutrients, your spiritual heart is vitally important. It is the epicenter of your life. All of your life flows through it. Wow. The epicenter of our life. That's so true. That's so, that's so powerful on so many levels. Um, I love that you said not just from a physical aspect, but also a spiritual as well. Everything flows out of it. Yeah. It, you know, it just reminds me because I'm so engrossed into the business arena that many times in that space, we want to be politically correct or uh, it's business, it's not personal. And the craziest thing is how people try to separate themselves, like literally, right. like okay, I'm half human or I'm half personal, I'm half business. No, I'm all me all the time. You know, there is no deviation of it. I am me. We just understand how to flow in, in the environment. But we, wherever I am, I bring 100% myself. It's like a relationship. Why would I leave half of me home and bring half of me to the relationship? That's not, and that's what I get. I, I guess I'm hearing from you as the heart relates to our life. Mm-hmm. That we need the heart for our bodies to function, not half of the heart. We need the entire heart, right? Right. Oh, my gosh. I mean, because we, we touched on so much. Um, let's deal with just disappointment in general, especially for women who've had miscarriages or you've been trying, all right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Bible says in Proverbs 13 and 12, he said, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Mm. All right, so a woman who has been trying for a while, you know, I'm talking about 14 months, but there are some women who have been trying for seven, eight, nine years. years, and you know, and still not seeing any type of positive results as well. And the Bible clearly says that 
it's when hope is deferred, it makes your heart sick. And so this is why I'm saying that there is no way that we can talk about issues concerning getting pregnant or miscarriages or dealing with infertility and we overlook the heart because the heart has a, it plays a major role in it. Um, because if you're hoping to have a baby, but yet still you're not seeing it, the Bible says clearly what's happening is if you're, the hope that you have really, it's almost like it's drying up, it's dying and your heart is becoming sick. Because you're giving up? Come on, let's make it practical. (laughs) Not necessarily. Well, it could be that you're giving up, but it's the fact that you keep trying, but you're not seeing any type of fruit of your labor. It seems like nothing is working. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the hope, the glimmer of hope that you've had, is like that light is just slowly. How do they get it back? Because that will, I mean, let's think about it. As women, we're emotional creatures, but we do become... Uh, when things don't happen, I can imagine, Shanice, maybe you can chime in here. When you went through those experiences, and I really want to really pull in the women that are listening who may be in this position, and they may have uh, given up or their own, they have become sick because I've been trying and trying, and I've been faithful, particularly if it's a woman of faith that's listening. And she just thinks like, you know what, this is, this is not for me. Maybe I'll just be auntie you know, and, and have given up because of the number of miscarriages. I mean, speak mm-hmm. to that, Shanice, for, I mean, here you are a living testimony, quite honestly. You both are. You have a five-year-old. Shanice has, in uh, 10 more weeks, we'll have a brand new baby here. So it's possible. How did you get through that moment? What, did, did you ever stop believing? Did you have hope deferred? Oh, yeah. We were talking about that um, the last time I was on the show about me thinking I was going to be that one sister out of three girls that was just not going to have no babies. Mm. So with that, I thought, you know, why keep trying? That's at the point where you just say, bump it. Like, I'm done trying. Yeah. I don't even want to be. Well, I I personally said I don't even want to be with the person no more i just want to be focused on myself and maybe in that time like ty was talking maybe that was when my hope refilled itself oh, you know when i yeah. stopped focusing on it so much and stopped uh, taking in all that pain from my last two miscarriages mm. that kind of refilled wow and then when it was time and i did get pregnant again then everything was perfect condition I mm. wow <laughs> wow so it's it's where your focus is then if that's what i'm understanding she instead well, yeah. of she channeled it in another direction a healthy direction instead of becoming bitter or right. angry or upset or doubting she right. just took that same energy and focused it somewhere else positive and before you know it bam <laughs> almost bam I mean, and there, there's so many ways I could go with that. I'm just going to deal with, start off with the story of Rachel and Jacob. Let's, okay, talk, about, let's, let's talk about this story. Yeah, let's talk about Rachel. a beautiful love story. Guys. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this dude was willing to work for this chick for seven whole years, okay? Seven years. Man, you know you in love, okay? <laughs> no, you. I need you to break this down for who, those that don't know the story. Come on, teach us. Teach us, Ty. All right, so we have a story of Rachel and Jacob, and the Bible lets us know that he first laid eyes on Rachel. He fell in love with her, and so he told his uncle, who was a trickster, he was a trickster. His name was Laban. Uh Um, He's like, hey, I want to have Rachel as my wife, and um, he was willing to commit to working seven years in order to get her, all right? So uncle agreed. So um, he wakes up the next morning and finds out it wasn't Rachel. It was the sister. And there was an issue with the sister. Her name was Leah, but she had a cross eye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And so. Um, that ain't the one. That ain't, that the, ain't one. the one. This ain't who I asked for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to have a conversation with the uncle. Dude, look at here. Yes. Uh, for the other one by the name of Rachel, but he wasn't familiar with like the custom. You had to get the oldest sister first. Okay. So Leah was the oldest one. So, and that was the reason why he gave him Leah first. 
Oh. Yeah. And so um, the uncle decides, okay, well, yeah, I, I'll give you Rachel. You can have her too. And Jacob was willing to work an additional seven years to have her. 14 years. There's 14 years. Here. I'm telling you, girl, that's love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. But in the midst of this, we find out that um, there was an issue with Rachel. He loved Rachel, but Rachel was barren. She could not have children. Leah was just popping out kids left and right. Okay. The problem with this is that um, Leah knew that she was rejected because he didn't really want her. Right. All right. So you have Leah who is popping out all these kids, but she feels rejection. And you have the sister who is really envious and jealous of her, you know, because she can't have kids. My husband desires me, but I can't give him kids. And you can, and you're dealing with the spirit of rejection. But then at the same time, she felt, she also felt hated by her sister. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I'm saying that when we're dealing with um, just women in general to just women who want to get pregnant, you always have to start at the level of the heart. I said, but can you imagine being married to somebody and you're constantly giving him children, but yet still he he really doesn't he really doesn't want you. I mean, can you imagine having to deal with that type of rejection and then your sister who hates you and she's envious of you? Yeah. It's the type of treatment. Wow. And then another woman who is married to married to your husband, he really loves, but you're sitting here and envious of your sister because you can't give him what he wants. Right, right. Yeah, it's like, there's no way you can bypass the heart. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and so um, when you look at these situations, to even the story of Hannah, and then looking at the story of Elizabeth, what I find out about God is that this is why I say that everything about God is all about time. I mean, the Bible lets us know in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a season for everything. For everything. Yeah. And so when we begin to really just really break that down, I talk about it in the book. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find like some of the pages so I can pull out some of this information. Um, so here we go. Let's see. Hannah had to remain barren until it was time for Samuel to be born because his assignment was to anoint David as king and to deal with the house of Eli. David was thought of in the mind of God. God used him to free the people of Israel from an enemy by the name of Goliath. He was also chosen to be the successor of King Saul. His birth was also ordained by God. Let's talk about um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, now she had to remain barren for an extended amount of time because, because of the assignment. When we think about God and we think about children, each child that God brings into the earth, they serve a certain purpose. There's a certain assignment that God gives each and every last one of them. And because of the assignment that God has for them, they have to be born at the time of that generation that God has the assignment for them. Marco, shit, yeah, come on, shit. Yeah, I feel this one right here. Look here, I feel like preaching. Come look, on. Look, I'm just speak, you're just speaking directly to this. <laughs> look at here, I'm telling you. It's an assignment. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So depending on the assignment and the generation that that child has to reach, that's when this child is going to be born. Yeah. And so Elizabeth now finds herself, she is old. She is barren. Yes. But the assignment of John was to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Yes. So now Elizabeth could not get pregnant until it was time now for this angel to visit Mary and say, hey, you blessed, highly favorite woman. Guess what? God has a plan for you. Okay. God, yes. I wants to bring a son by the name of Jesus, the Messiah, through you. And a matter of fact, your cousin is pregnant. <laughs> look at here. Look at here. Why? Because the assignment of John was to be the forerunner for Jesus. And they both had assignment for the same generation. My goodness. So Good if night. that child, my God, is called to a certain people during a certain time, depending on the assignment that God has for that child, that is when that child is going to be born. And so when we begin to realize, when you look at the story of Hannah, Hannah got to the point. Here's the revelation with Hannah. When Hannah realized it was not about her. Yes. Who cares about Penina? Okay, you can go ahead and run all day long and talk about you having babies. But what I realized, look at here, she got to the point, I mean, this chick was, okay, well, I'm not able to have kids. I don't lost my appetite. Yes. I'm crying here because I can't have a child. And I got to endure all of this. But there was a day when she realized, you know what? 
if you give me this child, I'll give him back to you and right. he can stay in your temple. Mm-hmm. Look at here. Mm-hmm. Look at here. When women realize that, you know what, God, this child that you, that I'm asking you for. Right. This is it's not, not about, really me. about me. Yes. It's all about you and your will. It's yes. all about your assignment and your calling and your purpose and your plan for this child. Oh, what? I got somebody who is totally in perfect alignment with the will and the agenda of heaven. Yes, I will open up your womb. Yes, yes. I will cause that child. Come on, y'all. Look at here. Look at here. Look at here. And then on top of that, she gives this child away and God gives her more kids. Yes. Yes. Okay. So your womb stayed closed. Mm-hmm. You gave, was willing to give a child back to God to work in the temple, and God gives you, what, like four more? I think she had five kids in total. Yeah. That's the kind of God we serve, but it's not yes. about us. It's about right. his will and his agenda. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Ladies, I hope you guys are standing up or running around and jumping and hollering and excited, because that was amazing. Everything has its timing. Mm. Everything, including when you conceive, and when you bring forth. With that being said, we're going to take a very quick break. Ladies, take a moment and see laws. Pause and calmly think on that. We'll be right back with you. Thank you. The fate of the nation is at stake on November 3rd, 2020. It is your right and duty to vote on or before that day. If you are not registered, registration to vote on November 3rd is available in Georgia until October 5th. Registration and voting are simple procedures, and yet they are two of the most important acts that you can take to preserve our democracy. More information can be found at www.vote.org. How many times have you heard WRUU's corporate underwriting message? If you remember it, then your potential customers remember your message as well. We are offering this space to connect corporate and institutional partners with our loyal and active listeners. Underwriting on WRUU is short, so listeners don't tune out. It's exclusive, so your message won't be lost in advertising clutter. And it supports Savannah's only community radio station. For a marketing package to increase your reach beyond traditional media, email underwriting at WRUU.org. And we're back. You're listening to another episode of Courageous Conversations with Shree. I'm on today with Ty Seaborough. We're talking about her new book, Tanis, again, I apologize. Journal? For the infertile woman, wombs coming alive through the word of God. Awesome, ladies. Journal for the infertile woman, wombs coming alive by the word of God. And listen, we were just talking about purpose, timing, assignment. Uh, For even your baby, like this is not about us ladies as women. This this is not about us with the beautiful bassinets and the cute clothes and oh my God, this is about purpose, divine will and assignment in such a time as this. We were just talking, uh, Tynees, you were sharing about uh, purpose with Jesus and you were talking about how John was the forerunner for Jesus and how their moms had to get pregnant in such a an order that when they came they can complete the assignment that they you know their life was all about and and I was sitting here just looking at my daughter and thinking about the timing in which she conceived previously previously excuse me her and her twin sister, how they were both pregnant at the same time. One gave, uh, gave birth. She lost not one, but two pregnancies. But the ironic thing is today, they're both pregnant again at the same time. Ladies, this is all for you. We're trying to encourage somebody out there that's listening and the timing in which they actually give birth. Janice, I wanted, what were you thinking when she was just sharing that? I was just thinking about um, how my baby... Ariel Ivy is due in 10 weeks. So she's due on my 28th birthday, October 18th, which is my twin sister's birthday as well. Right. And then my niece is due in 14 weeks and she will be born November 17th. And I was just thinking, Ivy and Melody, Ariel and Melody, I wonder what's their purpose to be born so close together. And the fact that I couldn't have my first baby when my sister had my nephew, but now we're having two baby girls 
uh, less than a month apart, like the impact that they would have on this world would probably be crazy. Like they so already excited. are just with this call, just with this yeah. interview. Can you imagine the anticipation of those expectant mothers or those that want to give birth, those that may have struggled with infertility? Like, ladies, oh, my God. Like, I'm so excited for those that are even listening to this because, obviously, I've per personally witnessed the loss of both of her babies. Like, I was the one here physically with her both times. So I've witnessed that. But now I am also witnessing now this beautiful blossoming if you will this entire pregnancy is just amazing like i'm at a loss for words of what god is doing mm -hmm. and how many other lives so i'm just saying that to really encourage the hearts and minds of the the ladies that are listening and i don't want to just make this about the ladies because you know i'm sure this had an impact on your your spouse george yeah. you know it, the men we're not leaving you guys out it's just phenomenal. The opportunity, the possibilities, are, the possibilities, excuse me, are endless. They're really possible. It's amazing. Just hold on and be encouraged by this testimony, these testimonies, and uh, and I'm I'm gonna pass the mic back because I'm I'm just speechless right now. I'm so so excited for for again uh, those that are listening all around the world. Hmm. So I'm going to read that scripture again, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. I'm just going to read the first part of it. And it says, to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. All right. And so this is what we're talking about, that everything concerning God, um, it was a sign. It was a sign, a season, a time, and they have purpose. Um, and it's all a matter of when God has ordained for these things to happen. Um, that's when we'll begin to see it happen. That's when it comes to pass. Wow. And so um, that in itself, I think it, it, it frees women in a sense, you know, like, um, it's like, oh my gosh, that even God considered the timing of when my baby should be born. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that, can, that, that helps lift a little bit of the burden that you carry. I know emotionally we still hurt because uh, one of the reviews that I saw posted on Amazon concerning my book was um, every time a woman goes to the bathroom, you remember. If you have a miscarriage, you remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you never, you never forget that moment. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. The emotionally, my goodness, the connection between you and that day in yes. the bathroom. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you know, so it's hard to say, you know, I, I, I know exactly what that feeling, that experience feels like, but there's another type of healing and a weight and a burden that can be lifted off an individual when you understand that really what God has in store for you, he's really has, he really has already thought about this before you even got here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Concerning that child that he wants to bring into the earth. And so I even want to encourage women who thinks that, you know, uh, well, maybe, um, having a baby is not for me. Let's go all the way back to the book of Genesis from the very beginning when God made man. What he said concerning man was be fruitful and multiply. That was the command that God spoke literally out of his own mouth over man when he made it. He said he blessed them. When he blessed us, that means that he empowered us to be successful. He empowered us to be able to be prosperous. He empowered us to do whatever the assignment was on our lives. And women specifically, for those who want to have babies, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. You know, and so this is why I specifically deal with wombs coming alive through the word of God, because if God has declare this from the very beginning over man and woman and our bodies are not doing what it was originally designed to do come on that means that now we've got to get into the word of god and figure out what does the word say concerning me and having babies yeah right because now i've got to if i really was created in the image of god and after his likeness and really given dominion if that's true and the very first thing that God did in the very beginning in the book of uh -huh. Genesis chapter one, and God said, yes, in order to operate just like him, that means now that I have to take the word of God concerning pregnancy and any word concerning having babies. And I've got to open up my mouth just like God and begin to speak. And God, you said, be fruitful right. and multiply. Right. 
Right. And God, you said, come on, Murabah. see, I'm feeling this thing right here. I'm trying to compose myself. Glory to God. Come on. Mm. Every good and perfect gift, it comes from the Father above. That's where they come from, okay? That's a good and a perfect gift, a baby. Yes, That's a is. baby. A baby. Okay? Yes. Come on, let's declare the word of God. <laughs> wow. And you got to begin to speak that word and you got to begin to pray that word over your body. Now, nah, God, uh, look at here. I saw, you know, that part of the curse is, is that these people will have miscarriages and they will be barren. That ain't what you promised me. That's right. That's God. right. So That's I'm right. not receiving that word. And so this, this journal, it is full of scriptures as well, just to encourage women. That you, and it's full of declarations in here as well. That you can begin to declare over your body, over your wounds. Um, but I'm also mind, mindful of a woman by the name of Esther. And um, the story with Esther is very interesting because you have this woman who, um, she has the opportunity now to um, go and meet the king. So there's a call for all these women to come in. And um, because the first woman, she's about to be ousted, <laughs> okay? She's about to get the boot because of the way she treated the king in front of everybody. And they was like, you know what? No, we can't allow a woman to be disrespectful. If the queen is going to be disrespectful with you like this in front of everybody, we got to make a public example of her. I'll tell you what we should do. How about we just oh, do an invitation for women so we can find you a new queen? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so there's this woman by the name of Esther, and they decided that they would prep her so that she would have an opportunity to be in the midst of the crowd as an option to be one of the queen, to be uh -huh. the queen. Uh -huh. All right. And so think about this now. A woman who um, you just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Why? Because you was born at the right time. That's why. Esther had to be born when she was in order to replace the previous queen who was ousted. Her birth allowed a people to be rescued from the plot of being exterminated. Mm. Okay. So you got a whole group of people, you and your people, by a man by the name of, what's his name, Haman, plotting to exterminate these Jews. But God had raised up a woman by the name of Esther. And her assignment was to be able to rescue a people from being exterminated. Wow. But in order for that to happen, the first queen had to be ousted. She had to be kicked out. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And as a result of these other groups of people who encouraged her to begin to, you know, hey, go ahead and prep yourself to be, you know, the next queen. And so just listening to uh, Mordecai, who's like, hey, you cannot sit back and think you're going to be quiet. God raised you up for such a time as this. Right. You've got to, you've got to go and try to present yourself to the king. you got to go talk to the king. Like, well, I don't understand. He has not extended his cup to me. Uh -huh. you know, he hasn't given me the invitation to come and talk to him directly. If you think you're just going to sit here and hide out and think you're going to be an okay chick, it's not going to work that way. No. Right. Yeah. You got, you got to work that out, but you got to get to the king. And you yeah. got trying to get all of us saved so we won't be exterminated and so god used this woman now to expose the plot of a guy by the name of haman so that their people can be rescued mm -hmm. and that's what i'm saying when god when god thinks about children he thinks about individuals they all have assignments they all have purposes there is a plan that he has created for them and in order for them to operate in this 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 space or these assignments that god has in store for them um that means then that they have to be born at the right time for mm -hmm. the people that they have to preserve or for the people that God has called them to reach. Um, and I deal with even with abortion in this book, because if you think about abortions now, if it's true that there is a time and a season for everything, yeah. if it's true that every child has a purpose and a plan and assignment attached to them, oh, mm -hmm. that means that Whatever problem they were supposed to solve, it won't get solved because they were aborted. Wow. Whatever assignment that they had, they will never, the assignment will never come to pass because they were aborted. See, and I, I can begin to weep off this right here. I can begin to, I can begin to weep for days. Um, just thinking about the children that never had an opportunity to feel, fulfill the assignment that God had in store for right, them. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Cancer, cure, you name it. 
girl. <laughs> wow. Wow. Mm. I, I just really feel right now, Tynese, that the mothers that are listening, I think that they should begin to consider praying a different prayer. It's not just let me be a mother. Yes. Yes. It's, it's use my womb, Lord, that I can bring forth a child that can fulfill an assignment in this earth. Exactly. For good, for your glory, for the kingdom. Exactly. Yeah, I think we need to just change our prayers. Mm. They need to be more specific, more impactful, more meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the loveliness of of a big belly, yeah. you know? It's oh, cute. my God. It's cute, but... It's cute, it's cute but it's work. It's, yeah. it's work, you know? Yeah. It's a lot. It's, and we seriously need to think about it twice in this environment that we're bringing babies into. Mm-hmm. It's not like it used to be. It's totally different. More uh, innovative, obviously, just the way they learn. The environment that we're in speaks clearly to that. It's a huge responsibility, too, Absolutely. you know? So let's just think about that. I just want to offer that moment. Uh, my daughter wrote Cinderella, you, as you were sharing a few minutes ago. It's like a Cinderella story, you yeah. know? But there's a purpose and a mission and an assignment behind it. That is, this is just so good. I think the way we look at pregnancy today, it's certainly a way for, we need to sit back and think about it again. Think about it twice and, and not just do it for the sake of doing it. I'd like for you, Tennis, if you will, to share the delight that you had once you did conceive Sabria after you had miscarriage. Tell us a little bit more about your story and that experience. You and Shanice was about to run out of here when you said the moment when you go to the bathroom. You know, I can imagine what this has been like after after uh, losing two. So each time she goes to the bathroom now, she's she, I mean, she has a full belly now and still she has to use the bathroom. And when you go, because that other memory is so embedded in you, I'm sure that's still there, just even in a subtle memory to come back up. Oh, what if? So but tell us about your journey to actually becoming a mommy and bringing a child now who has a, an assignment on her life. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I think about God, one of the things that God typically does to bring hope to women as well is he'll give you a dream. He'll give you a prophetic word. Um, something of that nature when you've already suffered loss, where you've been heartbroken, when you've dealt with so much disappointment. Right. And, um, I remember the day when um, I had this dream and it was so funny. And um, in this dream, it says, so I went to the doctor and they told me I was having a boy, um, but I had a dream. Right. And I really wanted a boy. I really wanted a boy because this girl right here cannot do hair. Okay. <laughs> I struggle. Okay. <laughs> She's raising her head too. <laughs> and God, I asked you for a boy because it's so easy just to do a haircut and be done with it, right? <laughs> if I can't do my own, how you expect me to do somebody else's hair? Okay. Yeah. So I did put the request out there, okay? But uh, haven't had another assignment. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I had this dream where I think it was before I went to that OBGYN appointment. And um, in this dream, I heard they made a mistake. <laughs> it's, it's not a boy, it's a girl. Huh? No, I'm not receiving that word. I'm, I'm not receiving that word at all. The people told me it was a boy. Okay. I'm super excited about being a boy. All right. So. Now, <laughs> we go back for the next ultrasound, and um, this sonographer, she looks at me, she says, um, what did they tell you it was going to be a girl? I said, oh, they said it was going to be a boy. She didn't say anything. She waited till I walked down the hall to go see the OBGYN, and we get a knock at the door. And she comes in, and they both look at us, and they say, guess what? We're like, What? what? guess what? It took us about four times before we even responded because my husband, he's like, you better not tell us it's twins. I don't know what you tell us. <laughs> and then he's like, you better not tell us that as a girl because I know I don't even know what I'm going to say to encourage her right now because she's going to fall apart, okay? So he's trying to figure out how to save the day. <laughs> what 
and me, we're both just sitting here like, what do they have to say to us? And he said, we made a mistake. It's not a boy, it's a girl. And let me tell you, I felt tears rise up because I wanted to cry, but laughter came out of me. All I could do was laugh because I already had a dream about it. Uh huh. Oh my God. Uh-huh. It's like, it's like you're excited because God already showed you, you know, from the yes. beginning, you know, that he had a child for yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. But it was funny because in the midst of all of this, because they told us it was a guy, we was going to have a little man. <laughs> and then we decided we're going to do a gender reveal party. Oh, it's a boy. And God showed you your dream. Nope, they made a mistake. And then you get there and it was confirmed that what God showed you in a dream is actually true. It's like, there's a whole laughing experience. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, of course, the sheer excitement of finding out that you're pregnant again. I mean, I, I remember the day just looking at the pregnancy test like, are you serious? Is it, is yeah. it real? Oh my gosh. Is Where? it real? Is it real? That's what yeah. the question you thought. Yeah. Wow. Like, oh my gosh. Because it it was it wasn't too long after we had the miscarriage. It was just a matter of emotionally are we ready to try this again really got it got it was the the um did you have any problems with the second nope god gave me a promise he said i said god the first one i heard he said but that's okay he said this one right here it's gonna be an easy pregnancy i had no problems whatsoever it was so smooth it was so easy he did exactly what he promised. Wow. I think the only complication that I even had was, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm down to about 36 weeks, 30-something weeks. I'm like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I can't sleep. But that's the only thing I'm complaining about. God, we good. <laughs> we good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she, I'm uncomfortable sleeping. Yeah, she can't wait to sleep on your belly or something. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that was it. That's yeah. the only thing she said so far. She yeah. just can't wait to be back on her belly again. Like, you're not even going to sleep. What you're talking about? Okay. Uh, I mean, and you see the faithfulness of God. It's like you will go through, it seems like, pure hell with a there. miscarriage. And then God comes back. And this one right here is going to be easy. It's going to be so, this, this grace right here I'm about to put on you is about to be so easy. Gosh, Tidies, we're down to the last few minutes in today's show. Why don't you speak to our, um, the ladies, the ladies today? Why don't you just, just minister to them? I mean, you've been on both sides of the fence, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you know it's possible. Yeah. And you have now the book. <laughs> I mean, you have that, that they can have to actually journal, because it's yes. also a journal as well. They can journal yes. their own thoughts throughout that experience. But yes. What what are some things you want to just share with them that are listening? Because, I mean, this is amazing, you know, but to not yet have the opportunity to experience what both of you have or, and yes. are yes. and still be wanting and hoping like desperately without mm-hmm. making your heart sick, one's heart sick, still mm-hmm. hoping on, hoping against hope, if you will. What would you say to them? <sighs> what I would say is, From the very beginning, God already had a plan and a purpose for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we said before, he purposely spoke the blessing over you. His intention for you has always been for you to be fruitful and to multiply. If things are not happening, I would say start at the level of your heart and ask God to help you. If you're dealing with any type of bitterness, jealousy, envy, whatever it is, ask God to help you deal with you at the level of the heart to bring healing there first. Mm-hmm. Um, the discouragement and the hope, I mean, let him know all about it. He, 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 he's already, he already knows how you feel, but by all means, you need to dump the weight of that emotionally, give it all to him and ask him to begin to heal your heart. Um, and then what I would say is, Ask him now to begin to reveal to you the purpose and the plan of the child. Mm, that's um, a good one. And wow. so that you can be comfortable with that and begin to pray over that child prophetically and begin to declare the word so that that child can be everything that God has called that child to be in their generation and for the people that God has called that child to reach. Mm. Um, I will say start right there. And then think about just the story of um, of Abraham and Sarah. You know, can you imagine God giving you a promise and it, waits t- it takes 25 years before you see that promise come to pass? I mean, this woman literally who's 
like what they're they're like ninety somewhere between yes. ninety and hundred years of age. And right. I mean, let's think about this. Physically, that body is not really strong enough in order to conceive. All right, those mm-hmm. eggs they dried up. They are dead, dead. Okay, they dead. <laughs> it takes the power of God to meet you in situations that seem like they are hopeless. Yes. So if I would tell you anything, what I would say is whatever you do, don't give up on God. What God had to do with Abraham was he had to speak to him purpose. He had to tell him, look up at the stars. And so these are one of the components that we deal with in the book, the ability to dream. Yes. Because he said, can, he said, can you count the stars? He said, your, your promise, your lineage, all right, is going to be just like these stars. Let's talk about the sand along the beach. It's going to be just like that. Ask God to give you a vision on what he has in store for you and your child. Mm. And begin to dream about that. Begin to remind God of what he's promised you. Begin to remind God of what his word says. Give it back to God. That's where I would start. Listen, two things are coming through in my mind. Number one, God gives us the desires of our heart because mm-hmm. we're talking about heart. So you don't desire that baby in vain. I would say that to encourage the hearts and minds of those that are listening. But then secondly, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So Mm -hmm. I know you have empowered some women today to believe again, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, to hope again and to know that it is possible and to know that, yes, they're not the only ones. I think many times when we go through hard trials and situations, particularly those that are unexplainable, that we think we're the only one. But sweetheart, you are not the only one. You are not. And we have both living witnesses Mm -hmm. that it is possible. One that has a five-year-old and one that in 10 weeks will be holding a brand new precious angel. Glory. (laughs) Just two years ago, a year, Mm. the last two years suffered two devastating losses miscarriage yeah yeah so please be encouraged this has been Mm. phenomenal and that book journal again i don't have it yet in front of me but put it back up so i can see it journal for the infertile woman wombs coming alive through the word of god if today's show didn't make your womb come alive (laughs) omg we're going to close out with with three minutes to go tynice you prayer general, pray us out this um, episode of Courageous Conversations with Sheree, please. Mm. Father, we bless your name for this day, for this opportunity. Father, we thank you, oh God, for just hope today, oh God, that you ignite it in the hearts of women today. Father, we thank you, God, for even your healing power, Father, for you reveal yourself as Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth thee. And so, Father, we thank you, God, that even the healing power of God is being released even now to deal with the issues of the hearts of women, oh God, and the pain and the burden and the suffering, the shame, the suffering and silence. God, I thank you, God, that you're dealing with all of that today, oh God, and I thank you, God, that you're helping them to release it to loose it to let it go in the name of jesus and father we decree and declare god that according to your word you say you sent your word to heal us and so father i release the word of god even now to begin to touch wounds father according to your word you said we are healed from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet so i release the word of god to every listener who wants to conceive even now i command the word of god to begin to hit wounds even now in the name of jesus i command wounds to begin to wake up become alive in the mighty name of jesus and i I decree and declare glory to God that the babies, oh God, that you have in store for them, that they're being released out of heaven even now, coming to earth, manifesting in wombs in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for the power of God that is being released to do the assignment. God, we thank you for the angels of healing that are being released and being sent to women even now in the name of Jesus to bring the word of God to pass. For they are the ones who do your bidding, God. And so we decree and declare that it is done. It is done in the mighty name of Jesus. And we seal this prayer now in the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Glory. So be it, and so it is. It is done, yes, and amen. Thank you, darling. Where can they get a copy of that book? Um, There's two options. You can go to Amazon, of course, or you can go to journalfortheinfertilewoman.com. Awesome. Easy Mm -hmm. enough. Thank you so much. 
for uplifting our audience today. You are phenomenal. Continued blessings to you and your household. I really appreciate you. And I will certainly be back in touch with you real soon. Sounds really good. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I always enjoy our conversations, <laughs> girl. <laughs> yes, it's, it's always a joy. Thank you so much. The pleasure is all mine. It's been another episode of Courageous Conversations with Cherie. I'm your host, Cherie Darian. I want to remind you that the viewpoints expressed in the preceding program are not necessarily those of WRUU, its staff, or its license holder. Take care, Savannah. We'll see you next week.